and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy, and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, my angels, and welcome back to another week of Cats Out of the Bag. I'm actually currently recording this pod in the most fabulous Bali, Bali, because I'm Cap from Bali. Um, so I'm having literally the most fabulous fucking holiday. I'm living it up, looking a little bit tanned, you know, drinking multiple cocktails and coconuts and just having the best time. So I thought, you know, now that I'm over here, why don't I do a pod with one of my gorgeous friends that lives here? So today I'm talking to the co-owner of Chin Chin. She lives in Bali. She is a fucking powerhouse and one of my really good friends. So let's bring on Gia Moriarty into Cats Out of the Bag. Hello, kitty cat. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. No worries. I'm so excited to have you here. So I guess for like my listeners that don't know Mm -hmm. you, you just want to like tell them who you are, what you do and just bit about Gio. Sure. So my name's Gio Moriarty or in Bali, they love to call me Gio. Uh, (laughs) Gio Moriarty. And I'm the co-founder of Chin Chin Swim. Um, I've lived in Bali for five years, but I'm Australian. How did we meet? We moved in together, but we didn't know each other. No. So we met. We were Insta friends. No, we weren't even. I just saw that we had mutual friends on Facebook and I went, oh, she looks Normal. Okay, well, maybe I followed you and stalked you. I followed you for ages. I was like, this girl living her best life in, like, Capri, oh, Italy. Really? Yeah. I feel That's like you so followed funny. me too. And we I liked probably it. did. We liked each other's photos. It, we were Insta friends. Because I remember Facebook stalking, which seems more covert. No, but. I think if we went back through our DMs, it would have been, like, oh. cute pic. Like, where in Italy are you? Yeah, like, and I asked you about living in Bali and you said, yeah, look, we've actually got a room. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we... Yeah, when Gio first moved here, she moved in with me and we... But you were overseas for a couple of weeks and then you got home, mm. there was a knock at the door and I was like, oh, this is Kat. And we met for the first time. That's right. And yeah. we just pretty much hit it off immediately and were attached at the hit, hip um, from then on. <laughs> so that was great. It was. So I guess, you know, I always ask my listeners this, I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, my guests this question. So what is something that no one knows about you? Mm. So I think I decided not to go too dark this early in. <laughs> so we're just going to keep it light and fluffy. So I made out with my Uber driver. <laughs> what do you mean you made out with your Uber driver? Uh, just that. And it was instigated by me. I just leant over and gave him a little kiss. Um, and he was really young, like 22 or something. How old are you? I would have been 29. Lol. Actually, that's not a big difference, but I'm 30. How did you instigate this? Were you like sitting in the front seat? Oh, gosh. Like, were you having a good, good chat? Sorry, Dad, if he's listening. He definitely will listen to this, actually. Um, we were chatting and then it just, I don't know, and I thought it was, it, it was cute. It was a cute thing. And then he's like, oh, could I have your number? I'm like, no, absolutely not. No, see ya. Stop. That's so fucking funny. It was hilarious. Yeah, I'm still... I actually had, um, a, this is a really fucking funny story. My, um, friend was, it was actually like one of my friends in Bachelor and our minder who like looked after us in the house in Bachelor. And, um, 
the minder told us this like hilarious story of this time she like slept mm-hmm. with this Uber driver <gasps> and they like dr- he like drove her and he picked her up in his little like you know, red Toyota Corolla yeah, yeah. and they like went for the drive <laughs> and then they ended up like making out and like going to these rocks in Sydney and like oh, wow. she was like had her legs wrapped around him and then they like had a date after that and she told us this like full-on detailed story and then I called my other girlfriend and I was like, babe, you have to hear this story. It's so fucking funny. She fucked her Uber driver and then she was like, oh, my God. I, I fucked an Uber driver too. Oh, they're and getting then busy. All of this stuff just connected. And <gasps> she, she was like, guy. oh, sh- he drove a red Toyota <gasps> Corolla. And she was like, so what? did mine. His name was Ben. Mine was called Ben too. What did he look oh like? And they had realized that they had fucked the same. So, how did dude. he lure them both in? What was his magic? Dust? I'm like, is this this guy's MO? Like, he's, mm. he Uber drives and bangs all the chicks. Okay, so I did not bang my dude. Just a little cute peck. Which? Oh, but I just remembered something else too. Tell me. I also kissed the hotel concierge at this hotel in Paris. I just, like, they're just these little surprises for these guys. Like, Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love a little little sneaky party patch, even if it's not a party. So weird. Yeah, nothing hot and heavy. Just, like, leaves them with that stunned look on their face. So shocked. (laughs) But, yeah, that was honestly the funniest thing them realizing that they'd fucked the same dude who happened to be an uber driver it was like when you saw them both make the realization oh, we were all just how weird though that is strange what are the chances i know i know it's such a small world and we'll we all say that so um i guess like you've been living here for in bali for how long now I know the date that I moved here so I can calculate it. It is five years and two months. Five years. Fuck, that's a long time. Mm, I had to recount it. I was like, surely that's not right. But it is. Five years. Yeah. And it's flown. And, I mean, what I find so interesting about your stay here is you've been so... Here? Here. I know. Because so many people that move to Bali, you get like island fever where you're like, get get me the fuck out of here. Like I just need to go back to Australia. I need to like, you know, go to fucking Westfield. I need to like, you know, go to Coles and like Mm. drink some tap water. Like you just, you get this like, it's like, it's so amazing here. But then there's, you just sometimes want like that home feeling. And you, I feel like you're just so chilled just cruising through here. Like what, why do you reckon that is? Well, I'm super duper laid back as a person and I'm super adaptable and pragmatic. Like little things just don't bother me. Yeah. And I love it. It's not that they don't bother me. Things don't, they're actually not bothering me here. Um, maybe it's that I don't really value the things that Aussie has to offer, like filtered tap water and Westfields can go disappear. Yeah. Um, Especially when we've got the frog markets here. The- totally. Give me the... The kind of dirtier, roughed up version that Bali has to offer and I'll yeah. probably like it more. Gio and I love going to these like vintage markets here because G- Gio and I. Um, <laughs> Gayo. Gayo or Gayo, mm. sorry. Um, <laughs> so it's like all vintage shipped in from like Japan and Korea and um, it's just so fucking cheap. Like you, mm. I found this like sick Puma puffer jacket and it was like $5. But it's not all sick. There's a lot of crap. Yeah, And true. it can be disheartening. When you arrive, you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. And it's so hot. So you have to be prepped for that. But, um, yeah, you find some gems and you get really spurred on. Yeah. I love that place. And it's such an Indonesian day out. Like you get Nazi for lunch and none of the um, store owners really speak English. So it's a good lesson in um, 
practicing your indo numbers yeah definitely mm. no um i yeah i fucking love the froggies yeah because um, it's from japan and korea it's kind of a real unique bunch of stuff like the, the lingerie i bought all these like little flowery lacy bras in bright colors for a, a dollar each that was love fun that. that's great mm. i don't think i'd ever find a bra that would fit my True. tits actually i don't even know if they fit me but they're <laughs> so beautiful i bought them you're like i love it yeah um I guess, like, I mean, what what do you miss the most about home? Um, like, is there so anything? So I can tell you, I miss the chocolate, like <laughs> Kit Kat snack. They they have those items here, or not snack, but they're made in Thailand, and for some reason, all the treats here just taste like cardboard. So yeah, now I've reverted to donuts here. and like proper baked goods. Oh, they import Whitaker's chocolate here, oh, so I get that, but it's right. a bit pricey. Um, but yeah, I don't. What's the opposite of miss? I detest. Yeah. Like the old chapter of my life, which was at home, is just nothing that I really think about it with much um, positive nostalgia, really. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, that was that. Yeah. Which I, I think is a pretty cool thing, though. Oh, it feels good. Like I'm empowered now. And as cliche as that sounds, I just feel so in control. Like I can do anything and I'm creative and inspired and excited and. At home, everything's kind of um, tarnished with a bit of narrow-mindedness and everybody just does the same old stuff. Yeah, Not like everybody, to, I take well, that back, but that was my life before I did the same old stuff. Too much drinking and meaningless stuff. It's just because I was unfulfilled there, so I'm loving this chapter away from my hometown right now. I get a bit like that too. I'm like... I, it's literally on the coast. I go to like the same four restaurants. It's like the same group of people who I adore, but like mm. it does get very repetitive. So the familiar feeling is maybe the only thing that I miss. Yeah. So I don't sit around missing it, but you know, familiarity is quite a beautiful and rare thing. Mm. Like just the familiarity of like sitting around with some groups of friends would feel so nice. Yeah. I think it's also hard as well because, like, you leave and you grow and change so much and you come so back and true. not a lot has changed. Like, I remember when I went I went away for, like, six months travelling oh, no. and came back. Nothing and, will be different. But then I feel like we are at the age now, you especially, where things actually will be different because half mm. your friends probably have babies now. and So true. And I haven't been back since that whole Carlisle thing has been put in. So, But I have a bomb to drop. I don't. I don't really ever want to go back. Really? I'll just, I'll go for Christmas maybe to see my parents, maybe, but I've spent the last three Christmases here. Um, Do you not miss your mum? Like, I, I miss mum and dad so yeah, much. Yeah, but there's a thing, of course, like when you say, oh, you've been here the whole time, I would love to have popped somewhere else, but obviously, like, I'm limited with money. I had a startup business in the beginning. And um, I guess mum and dad are like me. We're all pragmatic and we think, ah, oh, do you really want to waste 5,000 bucks right now? Like you coming True. back and us doing this. True. And, and it's the, like where, with what $5,000 could get you in Bali. Yeah, but now that's becoming a bit more easy. But I'm like, you guys come here. We can do so much fun stuff. You can meet my dogs. And hmm. Okay, speaking of dogs, so Geo does an amazing thing here where she fosters animals, predominantly dogs, mm. Um. So do you want to tell me about like Mission Pausable, sure. how you got, you know, going with that? Tell me about it. So I'm in the network. I'm, I'm not a hero, I'm but a cog in the machine and we all work together. 
Um, so there's like charities that do a lot of rescuing. Then there's solo rescuers. I've done some solo rescues, you know, like when you find an animal that really needs help. So I'm not talking about strays either. That's a thing that a lot of people don't understand. They're not just wandering around. That's fine because the definition of um, uh, pets, I guess you could say, is very different in Australia. Like some of these warung dogs that belong to areas and cafes, they're some of the most well-fed, healthy, beautiful, happy dogs you've ever seen. So the dogs that you'd rescue typically have, well, they're skin and bone. They've got no hair. One of my dogs had like maggots all eating his arm. He couldn't oh. move. Another dog was fully lame, like they'll smash a leg from being hit by a car and it will never get fixed. So they're carrying around this I saw a dog yesterday awful leg. Yeah. It just, it, it's heartbreaking when you see the limp. I've chased a few and they still can run fast with these yeah. gammy legs, but it's just horrific circumstances and you're always so taken aback and I look in their eyes and if they go, please help me, I'm like, all right, we're doing this because mm. some of them don't. And if they're super duper aggressive, obviously you can work through that, but it's going to be a bit of a nightmare with rehoming. Um, but I've had that happen before. I like Remember got a, you had that one that barked heaps. Well, I've got one now that I've had a behavioralist come in and we're doing, um, lessons, but she was found with a collar embedded in her neck. So she had to have surgery what to pull collar? the collar. So, you know, a dog collar, mm. she got it put on when she was a puppy and no one took it off her neck or helped her. So she grew up into a big dog and it was still the tiny collar in her neck. So her skin grew around the collar <gasps> and it was a big infected, bulgy mess. So I've got a video of the surgery. They cut this thing out. Huge wound, like just open skin. And anyway, they stitched her whole neck up beautifully, actually. It healed so well, but she's messed up. So if someone comes near the house, she'll even um, go across the road and just bark at the house, the poor thing. But we're working through that and she's such a cute little muffin. Um, and you've had a few like oh, three-legged dogs. I remember the one that you're talking about, the barked heaps. Yeah. She was the most fucked up one I've ever had in my life, I think. Do you reckon? That was the one I lived with. I was like, this She was actually dog. like a scary wolf. Like she, oh, yeah, that was hectic. Yeah. So they were found in a drain outside my house, dumped in a drain. And I guess they hope that the dumper hopes that rain will come and they'll just be washed away or at least, at the very least, the puppies are stuck in the drain screaming and they can't get out. So me and um my former neighbour got them out of the drain. He got bitten, had to get rabies. Anyway, it's just a bit of a shit show with all but the animals around. I remember around. this one night. Oh, my God, it's all coming back to me. Really? When you found him and you got him out of the drain and Gio and I sat in my In, in the bathroom, bathroom and picked the ticks off. We picked That out. was a different dog cat. There were two one? in the drain and then there was another one. He was so cute. He died from a um, distemper. And my yeah. freaking boyfriend at the time didn't take him to the vet soon enough. And as soon as I got to his house and said, saw the dog, I was like, are you kidding? He's so sick. We've got to go to the vet now. And he was like, oh, we'll go tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Got to have a sense of urgency. Anyway, he died. We got him. Oh, actually, I won't even go there with the end of that yeah. story. But yeah, I remember us just picking like ticks. So now I know more. We should have just given him a drug and then all the ticks will fall off. Oh, really? Yeah, it can actually spread the tick disease because when you poke a tick, all the eggs can kind of smush out and it's unnecessary pain. But the dog was like 
please do it. She yeah. was really like yeah. working with us, but it was disgusting. Like it was bad. What, how like do you even describe it? Oh, yeah. She oh was God. such a beautiful dog, so goofy and cute. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you have to get your dogs vaccinated in Bali, and you have to do it every year because I know there's a lot of controversy about just having to vaccinate every few years. But in Bali, there's so much disease and so much. But there are quite a few people taking them back to Oz and their there home are, countries, yes, aren't Yes, which there? is great because it's actually kind of affordable in a way to go to Europe and the US with your Bali dog. And what about like let's say someone wants to move over to Bali from Oz and they have a golden retriever that they love and, you know, I don't know why I said golden retriever, whatever breed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they want to bring over their animal. Like is this something bow, someone bow. can do? No. Um, so it is officially illegal to take dogs in and out of Bali because of rabies, but it's done all the time. It has a certain name, like a, you know, an underhand thing that everybody just kind of knows happens, but it's not legal. Taking a dog in is not a good idea. And I've actually been asked this very recently and I saw a big Facebook debate about it yesterday. So you're subjecting your dog to so many more dangers if you bring it here compared to the, uh, home and Oz. Mm. So of course there's the transport, which is illegal. So there's lots of car drives and it's just, you know, three days of driving and two flights or something and all these fake papers. So I think they send them to Malaysia or Singapore, then they go to Bali. Um, yeah. And that's it, traumatic as well to put your animals absolutely. through Absolutely. But then if you think, right, we're just going to do the journey, then there's the risk of rabies, poisoning. A dog, a Labrador got poisoned down the road from me the other day and died. Yeah, that's right. They put out, um, they put po- rat, poison in the street. poison. All these dogs are they dying. They hide it in rice and stuff. Yeah. And then the, do- the street dogs will eat it and they'll do it to like kill off a bunch of animals. It's yeah. like, it's fucking horrific. They did a march on Batu Belong Beach the other day to protest against all the poisoning. Yeah. Oh. I think like there's just, there's so many like perks and amazing things about living here, but there's also so much heartbreak and it's the wild west for sure yeah i mean it is a third world country so yeah it's you know developing that's the word we use now is it yeah i think it's um i read that it's meant to be more politically correct okay well it is it is a developing country i did not know that but thank you no Um, it's good yeah so it's a developing country and guys i have fucking dermatitis on my eyes another another thing that's not so glam about here the water's all fucked and like but the humidity is awesome for your skin i'm just like Honestly, my eyes Did are you fucking get the cream? flaking off. No, I'm, I don't want well, to put steroid cream it. on my eyes and it's like itchy. Yeah, but it will go away in two days, then you're done. And I remember I got my nipples pierced here and like for two and a <gasps> half years they just didn't heal because I was like, you know, you mm. washing, shower. Like, oh, one of you guys are, sorry, I'm tangenting a bit. Someone was like, um, you know, can you drink the water or is, are people just like being, you know, super careful or is, is it a lie? Like, can you drink the water? the locals don't even drink the water. Like everyone just drinks filtered water here because the water is like there's so much mixed with sewage and stuff. So it's like so dirty, like it make you so sick if you drink it. So someone asked me that on my story the other day. But it looks clean. Just if if people are visualising. Yeah, you don't shower in brown water. But I I cook my pasta in it and everything. Yeah, you do? yeah. I think a lot of people do that live here. Like I, mean, I brush my teeth in it. I brush so. my teeth in it too. Mm. And I remember when I had friends come and stay and they'd be like, what 
are you doing? What? Why are you? Why are you using the tap water? You're going to get barley belly. No, and I'd be like, no, you're not. Like, well, it's luck of the draw, really. I've always I feel like done it. it. Even this trip, like I don't have a fucking mm. stainless steel guts that have been built up for years here. Yeah. Like I just came in straight away and used the tap water to brush my teeth, and I've been you fine this whole thing. time. <laughs> touch, touch wood. <laughs> yes, touch wood. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, like, I think that's great that you do the dog thing. I'm more of a cat person, although I've recently kind of gotten a massive more love for dogs and I'm like obsessed with them at the moment. Um, well, at the moment I just am now. Well, there's no shortage of cats. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend has like a a beautiful dog. Love Love him. Love him. Um, love both of them. Um, oh my God. He also told me that he loves me, but we'll save that for another episode. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so when I lived here, I did um, Villa Kitty is a um, cat fostering um, service here. So it's like a big foundation in Ubud and you can rescue kittens. I helped like bottle feed, which was a lot, like every two hours you've body feed. Oof, um, I've done that with feeding. puppies. Yeah, I had like a, was a clock ticking in, in a blanket. I had like, like I went all out. Um, so yeah, I did that and Gio did the dogs and we both had our little thing, which was, mm. it was, it was really rewarding. And I know you said something to me yesterday about, um, you felt you have your dogs now, but you felt this like a bit of a void when I, um, whittled the team, the pack down to my original so three forever. Oh, it was two forever dogs then. And I just, um, Thought, right, we're going to get some more fosters in, added to the pack, and it really, like, enriches your life and you're just watching this dog blossom always so much more quickly than you expect. And, you know, you go on your first walk together off-leash and you just get so much trust built up and you see also their looks just, they become so much more healthy looking. It's just fun. I love it. It makes me happy. I know that now. Um nature and like the animals around me like I wake up in bed just receiving kisses and cuddles from all these dogs it's just so my heaven really I love it yeah I'm a crazy cat lady and you're a crazy dog lady yes and we're the perfect team. I think I definitely do fit into that category so let's talk about the pandemic 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 (laughs) Um, let's talk about the pandemic over here so Mm -hmm. you stayed the whole way through covid i've heard mixed reviews from people have you yeah like um obviously it was like really tough on a lot of the locals and you know a lot of them lost their jobs and had to go back to their villages um but uh, like yeah tell me about it sure so I was living with a girl called Eva and um, she had to move home because all her business plans actually with me and someone else, she was going to do a project in Lombok. She had to move back to Australia. So literally all these people's lives were put on standstill or rerouted and they were like, nope, we've got to move back to Oz. Um, so most of my friends that lived here, pretty much like um, my four closest friends and their partners all moved back to Australia and I made the decision to stay. And it was really unknown at that time. No one knew what was going to happen. And there was a lot of talk that it would be this weird political, almost semi-war-like situation that would emerge. They were saying that there might be power shortages, water shortages, and all this stuff. It felt a little bit like um dystopian because I was living in this empty house that three-story villa that I was going to renovate with an ex-boyfriend and a friend 
by myself with a mattress on the floor, but I made it quite beautiful. And you know how I'm a clutterphobe? Yeah. So there was nothing in it and I loved it. I just had this like seventies wood buffet thing. Buffet? Buffet? Sorry. <laughs> um, credenza. Anyway, that's a tangent, but, um, <laughs> so it was quite weird and the house had, um, barbed wire on it. So I stocked up on all this water, all this electricity in this weird empty house on my own and just, thought, cool, this is life. And then I remember there was a lockdown, but not a lockdown. We just all thought, right, we're just going to try not to go out much. And, and you But all the locals were going to and from everywhere. Really? So I could run my job because all the, sorry, run my brand because all the delivery drivers and that, I just order it on my phone and they would just go do their thing. But it's a different ball game for non-locals. So we would be stopped, whereas they're allowed to do what they need to do. Okay. So did you ever get stopped or pulled over? Oh, well, I would just go to the supermarket and do regular old stuff and you're allowed to go to those regular places, but no, never been stopped. And were like all like cafes and stuff? Yeah, they were closed, but only for I think two weeks. And then there was another lockdown where they closed for two weeks about a year later. Yeah. But even a lockdown here, it's not like uh, Australia where you have to stay inside. You can go out and do your thing, but... There are even some cafes that were open. Yeah, they just right. get away with it for as long as they can. Yeah. Very different attitude to Oz. And um, I guess it, like it is a bit corrupt here, I guess. Totally, yeah. So it's like if you do get pulled over by a police, like for instance, you have to wear a mask on your scooter right now. So like if you get pulled over for not wearing a mask, they'd probably just make you pay them $20 and you'd keep on cruising on. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what goes down here. Um, so I feel like ca- maybe cafe owners would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, that's just me presuming that. But no, it would depend on their relationship with the banjar and like arrangements that they've made. Yeah. And the banjar is like the community. Yeah. Explain what a banjar is. So the banjar is, um, the top dogs in a community. So it's the te- there's, the, there's a banjar temple in each. There is. Yes. In each like, almost like in each suburb. And they like, I'm like asking you to explain it. I just jump in. Take on over. But, you know, and then they like, if you own a prop, have a property here or whatever, you have to pay the banjo money. Mm -hmm. I would think it was the equivalent of paying um, the council. So if you have a noise complaint, you contact them and they help you with matters with immigration and that. But um, there's also the Petchalang. So they're the one step below the banjo. And so they're, Probably like less senior people, but they're also taking a leadership role. And I think it's cool. It's all community based. It's actually, it's an alternative to the police as well. So I had a domestic abuse thing happening. It woke me up in the middle of the night. I heard this guy and this girl screaming their head off. He's actually a guy from Melbourne. I've met him before that lives across the road from me. He was obviously really high on drugs with this Indonesian girl and he was, um, he had beaten her up, I think, from what I heard. And um, I heard the banjo scoot up from down the road. Really? Yep, banged on the door. But another time they were screaming, they were out on the road. And, yeah, you call, you don't call the police, you don't call 911 equivalent. You call the banjo and these dudes will get out of bed whatever time. Really? Yeah, so it's all. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep, you call your banjo and I think they're just super respected, kind of tough guys. They must be. Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm, it is. It's kind of weird for me thinking I don't have an ambulance to call ever. Yeah. I'm going to call the banjo. 
Well, when I was in China once, I just called this guy I was chatting to overseas in the US. I'm like, wow, this is useless, isn't it? But I do feel very safe at home in terms of burglaries and that because of my dogs. Do you ever feel unsafe on the bike at night or anything? Never, but that's my personality. I just don't worry about that shite. Yeah, definitely. And I drive a noisy bike and I'm just like, nah. I've actually had dudes try and grab my backpack off me when I was driving a really slow, like, rice paddy man's bike and I had my earphones in and it was 4 a.m. So, of course, they're going to target me. That's not a surprise. But I just wiggled and honked my horn and was like, fuck you. And my bike couldn't beat theirs. as was just sped off. Did they get it? Oh, and another time I was on the back of a... Gojek going home because we'd had a few drinks. It was probably 2 a.m. And they have a strategy. They bump into you. They kind of crash into you like in a tiny way. Boom. And the Gojek driver, who's my chauffeur on a scooter, looked at them like, what the hell are you doing? And they distract you. And I was probably like, oh, what's going on? And they go, yoink. And they take the phone out of your hand. Oh. But in there, oh, yeah, it really hurt my hand. It was that much of a yoink. If that makes sense. Anyway, their yoink was so hard that they, by mistake, flung the phone in the air and it landed on the road. And the guy actually went, no, 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 wait, and went and got it. So that's why my phone smashed on the corner. Is it? Yeah, but, you know, look at the factors here. 2 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah, it's it's the it's the night. And me being an idiot. Yeah. Earphones, if you... Oh, it's not a good advertisement for Bali, but that is definitely, I would say, the one thing you have to worry about. Never hold your phone mm. on a bike. So I don't have a bike with a pocket or a seat, so I tuck it into my pants. I'd never be, well, I need my other hand for the gear. Anyway, you can't be holding your phone. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'll always put my bag under the seat and I just never put myself in a vulnerable situation like yep, that. because just don't. And even. It's just better to avoid it. Yeah, and I always wear a shirt at night. I feel yeah, like that yeah, just deflects. Yeah, you need to wear like you'd never want to be in like a skimpy top with your tits like flubbing about. It like. just causes attention. Yeah, there's something do as the locals do, even on a long drive, just always, even though it's so hot. And what about like. Talk, like you said, Gojek in it. Like, tell me about, let's talk about Gojek. So Gojek is this app here where you can, it's it's like, let's just say Uber Eats, Uber and 50 million more Gojek things. Gojek is life. It is like the, like if we had this I in Oz, we would all be like fucking, but, oh, it's so good. The thing is labor's just not as cheap in Australia, so it would be such yeah, but Such everyone's a still like, so inaccessible in you, a way. You say it's not as is not as accessible, but do you know how much money I'd spend on fucking really? Uber Eats? I order Uber Eats like four or five times uh. a week. That's disgusting, and mm. so do so many of my friends. So it's like so pretty much like that. It's an app, but in it is like Gojek, Go, which is like scooter rides. Go food, which. which- is- Ordering food. So that's like your Uber Eats. Go but, shop. But it's super cheap. The, like, yes, it's like 10 it cent delivery fee yes, for food. So as true. opposed to like $5.99. Mm. And you can order it from anywhere. There's not like weird, like one kilometer away, like annoying things. Like you could order something from like. If you're craving your favorite cheesecake from, from another city. Yeah. I've done ones from literally an hour and a half away. Not, not food actually, but. <laughs> um, then there's go shop. So I can send a 
driver to a store. I've seen a guy in Zara, a go shop guy, sending the person photos of shoes in Zara. Stop. So they got this guy to shop for shoes for them. But I wouldn't do it blindly. I'd Maybe if it was for a photo shoot and I had an exact photo of what I needed, you could send someone. But I use that all the time for like... They go to the supermarket for me and buy me. Like imagine if you're cooking at night yeah. in Oz and you're like, oh, oh, I damn, just- forgot the lemons. Don't have lemons. They go get the lemons. Yeah, and it's like so cheap. Or like, oh, you, you, you know, you're in bed at night and you're really craving this certain chalky from Coles, but you know that the Seven Eleven doesn't have it. So yeah, you, you can order it. Like it's. I've heard girls use it to get the morning after pill. Stop. <laughs> but no, that's illegal now in Indonesia. The morning after pill. Sorry. Sorry, retract that. You need a prescription to get the morning after pill. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. And you didn't need to when I first started coming to Bali because we got it for a friend and it was like literally 30 cents or something. And now, yeah, you need a prescription. So it's a Muslim country, Indonesia, but Bali's the only Hindu island, but there's still a lot of attitudes that are very, um, like they see us, we're called the bullies, you know, white people, Westerners, yeah, Westerners as very liberated. And you can see the difference. Like even when you ride the bike on the road, it's just how like the Western society is built on such an individualist kind of idealism. Um, sorry, struggling to get the words out. Whereas this is part of Asia and you can just see people are a lot more humble, willing to blend in. It's not all about you. Mm. So they are really patient and kind and not as egoistic. Whereas then you see, oh yeah, there's the Aussie guy or girl on the bike speeding through and having to be the first and look at me, look at me. It's Mm -hmm. just really like highlighted to me now. I'm like, wow. It's so true. We're all me, me, me. But, yeah, but, like, and then you can also do, like, go massage. You can do go beauty so you could get someone to come massage you. Go clean. Go clean. There's a whole thing called go life. Yeah, go. And so I go um, go box when I move house and there's different sizes of trucks. They help you move all your stuff. And I'm talking about, like, you know, it's 15 bucks to get a big truck, two movers. I spent $1,000 moving last time I moved. That's ridiculous. That's how much it cost me, $1,000. Yeah, because the labour is just expensive. So... Yeah, well, I use the else? app every day for work. So we do probably tw- send. 20 like, deliveries with GoSend a day. Even like Geo was sending me an outfit because we were going to take some pics. So she just gojected me two sizes so I could like try them both on and see so what good. fit. Whereas like let's say you wanted to borrow a pair of boots from your friends to wear out on the weekend, you'd have to drive to their house 20 minutes away, get the boots, drive home, or you could just set. It's it's <laughs> honestly, it's fucking life-changing. So when you, get, when you get here, you need to download it and mm. – it's it's the best. Remember to tip on GoCheck because and tip and tip. Like I don't think they get a great cut from the app, so it's really important to tip. And ten cents, like a dollar, mm, that's a, a good a, tip. A dollar is like they will be so happy. And to us, like, what the fuck even is a dollar? You know, like we, we will yeah. throw that away in. And if you pay cash, they just keep the rest. Round up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to do that here. Definitely. Um, and then like, what about like dating here and stuff? Cause I know that was a huge struggle for me when I lived here. Like, do you think it's changed much in the past few years? Oh, I can't really remember what it was like when I first came. I feel like I was such a different data myself. Um, to be honest, it's pretty tragic. The dating <laughs> life here, I think everybody's, um, it's not a place where you get many people that have a nine to five, right? 
Not that I'm looking for a nine to five, and that's definitely not my um, like type. Yeah. But um, most people come here because they're healing, or maybe they're they're lost, or they're in a transitional phase, or they're taking a sabbatical. It's literally what how I felt. Or they're on vacay. Or this, I'm like. I'm not like that. I'm not lost. I'm in a really good place. I'm stable, love my life, um, feel really driven, and I have roots here. Like I have a business. So I automatically don't have much in common with a lot of these guys. And I've also met people, when I say healing and transitioning, there's a lot of messed up people here that are really working through things. Um, on the flip side, you get a lot of people that are passionate about the way they live their life and they're living life consciously and like designing how they want their day to day to look like. Probably quite um, well traveled people. People who speak multiple languages. Absolutely. Or, and a lot of um, entrepreneurial awesomeness happens here, which is um, connects you with some amazing people too. But overall, oh, there's just a lot of in- unstable people. But, um, then again, I've met some awesome people and made really cool connections as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I definitely struggled with it when I was here. I ended up dating an um, Indonesian guy when I was here. Yes. Um, just I guess like, I mean, we had great sex, um, but like more of the stability of him just being from here and living that's here. That's so true, yeah. And not like some you know, guy that's come over for a few months or someone who's here for a week on holiday. So it just, that's where I ended up Mm. going with that. And yeah. So on the dating apps now, people are obviously coming on holiday because it's opened up again. So I spoke to a beautiful guy today and he's like, oh, I leave tonight. Oh my God, no. And then what, do you just go have one date with them and have a route and then carry on? It's like, but you want something more meaningful. That's not my style. Don't do first date routes. Yeah. I just said the R word. (laughs) Routes. I love it. So crude. And Um, do you reckon like, what do you think, I mean, now since COVID's been someone wanting to move over here, like do you think it'd be very different um, now to what it was like a few years ago? No, I don't. Yeah. I think there's been a few technological advancements. Like things are so easy now. I can pay my electricity on my phone. When I lived here, I had to, I, yes, I remember I told you, you guys mm. how my power would always go out in the middle of the night and I'd have to fucking go and get the receipt from the fucking yeah, but Circle usually K. Usually the one Circle K wouldn't work. So I would go to five Circle Ks. Oh, it was fucked. And I was so stressed and the people behind the counter never understand what's going on. Nah. Um, Yeah. Well, I think like that's an awesome little like wrap up about Bali and what you do here. And there's a lot more to Geo. Um, We really want to kind of hash in. I know so many of you have asked me about like starting a brand, like how do you find a manufacturer in Bali? Like, you know, a lot of you probably know Chin Chin Swim. Like we're, we're going to do a part two and we're going to dive into everything about Geo's label, how it started, um, finding suppliers here, moving over here legally, like all different things. So it's going to be like a very different kind of topic to our first um, part, um, but I think it's going to be like super, super, super interesting and, and a lot of you are going to be able to take something away and learn from it. So, 
yeah, thank you so much for doing this with me. And oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to have you on again next week to Ooh, dive on too. into Chin Chin. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much Kat. for listening, guys, and I'll see you next week. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. 